Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Would you be the jerk for refusing to let your husband shower when he wants to? We'll get into that in a bit, but first, am I the jerk for telling my parents that I'm behaving exactly like they raised me to behave? I'm a middle kid, my older brother is the golden child, and my sister is the baby and always got her way. I was mostly ignored. I was fine with it. I got into lots of trouble, but my parents didn't really care enough to either punish me or help me through it. My guidance counselor in high school took an interest in me, though. She saw something. I hope that everyone who needs it has someone like her. She saw that my parents didn't really get involved in my education. She stepped up. She motivated me enough that I got a full-ride scholarship which was good because my parents had nothing for me. I'm 30 now and planning my wedding. It's going to be a destination wedding because I want it small. We're paying for our six guests to come, my future in-laws, mom, dad, brother, and sister, and my maternal grandparents. That's it. We're going to have a big party for friends and family when we get back. I'm not no contact with my family. I just don't make any effort to talk to them, and they reciprocate. They did find out about the wedding, though. They all want to come. I said that they're welcome and I sent them invitations. They asked if I needed anything to set up their travel plans. I said that they needed to get there on their own. They were invited, but I wasn't paying. They said that they had raised me better than that and that I was paying for my fiancé's family, so I should pay for them too. Hard no. Hard. I told them the fact was that my fiancé is the one paying. She earns about the same as me, but she has a settlement from her first marriage. I didn't tell them about the settlement. They again said they raised me better than to ignore family. The same people who skipped my graduation from high school and university. I have a million other examples, but I think that says it all. I just replied that I was happy that they were interested in being part of my wedding day, and that I hoped they could make it, but fully understood if they gave it a pass. I said that they were the ones who raised me to think of myself as not really being a part of their family, so I was actually behaving exactly like they raised me. I don't think OP's the jerk here, and in general, is it normal for people to pay for other people's accommodation to a wedding? I think it's a normal enough thing if somebody says, oh I can't make it, for the normal response to be, that's a shame, would've loved if you could make it. And like, you know, that's that. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy getting to decide whether or not all of these people are jerks, wanna hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to attend my mother's wedding to my former friend? One of my 26-year-old male, best mates, 26-year-old male, from high school, is now engaged to my mother, 44-year-old female. Yeah, you read that right. I left town after graduation to attend college. He stayed behind. A couple of years ago, he was looking for a job, and my mother found something for him in her landscape design company, by my recommendation. That's when I'm told they got close and fell in love. Both swear they never got together while I was still around and was close friends with him. Good, he'd have been underage then. Both also kept the relationship a secret from me for over a year. I only found out about it from my younger sister, 17-year-old female, who thought I needed to know. I felt betrayed and disgusted. Even now, months after I found out, I never went back home and refused most of their attempts to contact me. 
I do talk to my mother occasionally for other reasons, but those are brief conversations. I heard from my sister they're getting married. My mother tried to work this into one of our chats before I shut her down. Well, yesterday I got a huge text from my old friend and future stepdad. He first said a lot about the two of us, how my friendship always meant the world to him, how sorry he is for how they handled things in the beginning, keeping it from me and such. He went on by saying my mother is devastated by the situation, that nothing would make her happier than having the whole family together, that his own family and everyone else has already accepted their relationship, and that he hopes I can still attend their wedding, and even if I don't, that maybe one day I can be cool with it and be in their lives again. I thought about ignoring it, but I ended up writing him back. I told him I'm sure his mother is thrilled because now he found another woman to pick up his slack and that I never want to be a part of this wedding and the disgusting new family they're creating. He saw my reply but didn't write back. Am I the jerk here? I think you actually could have a number of people who are divisive on both sides about this. I could see a number of people arguing that it just happened, that they are in love and that it's weird but something that maybe should be gotten over. But I just know if I were in OP's position... There's no way that I would be able to go back to my old buddy and my mom and high-five them and act like chums when I know he's with my mother. I think it creates understandably too much weirdness and discomfort. Can most of us agree the bottom line here is, if you go and hook up with your friend's mom and even fall into a relationship with them, that you can't expect to continue to stay friends with said friend, especially if you started it all going behind their back and not letting them know? Not even giving them a chance to process it. Our next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to let my son attend sister-in-law's wedding? I am not white. My husband is. We have two kids. This conflict concerns our oldest, Jack, 5 years old. My husband has a half-sister, Anne, 23 years old, that he's not very close to. However, she gets along very well with Jack. She sometimes offers to take him on anti-nephew dates, which I allow as I do trust her. She's great with Jack and he adores her as well. Anne is getting married in a couple weeks. We were all invited but my husband couldn't get time off work. And my mother will be visiting that weekend too, so we won't be able to attend. Anne asked if we could at least let Jack attend, and that she and my mother-in-law will watch him. I was hesitant, but Anne and my mother-in-law told me not to worry about it. I agreed. Then Anne told me that her father will be attending the wedding. I was surprised because she hadn't had contact with him for years, but they reconnected for her wedding. In my opinion, her father isn't a very good person. He's extremely racist and very headstrong about his beliefs. He's also easily convinced by certain kinds of media, and before we even knew he was attending the wedding, my husband showed me his Facebook posts, and they were genuinely insane. Lots of generalizations about groups of people and justifying various horrors simply because of a person's skin tone or race. I told Anne that I don't know if my son will be attending anymore. She got what I meant and told me that her dad won't even be able to tell Jack isn't 100% white. So I have nothing to worry about. I mean, yes, my son is white passing, but with the current climate of things, I refuse to risk it. My son will sometimes speak my language and he is not 100% aware that he has to be careful around certain people yet. Anne got upset and told me that nothing will happen and I'm being paranoid. She even compared my paranoia to her father's. She then told me to think about it rationally as the venue is a public place filled with people. I apologized and said I can't let him go. She started shouting at me and said I was ruining her wedding. She wants to spend it with everyone she loves, Jack included, 
and I'm ruining that by being paranoid. She then started crying, I think, before hanging up. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. My mother-in-law called me later saying that she swears nothing will happen to Jack and to please get over it for Anne's happiness. I said no. She told me that she hopes I'm proud of myself for breaking Anne's heart. I do feel bad and I suppose I am being paranoid, but am I the jerk? My husband is more hesitant about the decision, but ultimately agreed that we can't really risk anything. Personally, I don't think OP's the jerk here, and if I were in their shoes, I probably would do the exact same thing. Let alone the legitimate worries you have about your kid maybe saying something wrong or doing something and getting called out and mistreated, but you also just don't want them exposed to somebody who treats other people like that, right? It's all about just protecting your kid from this intolerant jerk. Our next story is, am I the jerk for refusing to pay for a push chair for my stepdaughter? My stepdaughter, 20, is pregnant and due in January. My husband and I originally said we would buy the push chair for her when she was a bit further along, as she's high risk and has had several miscarriages and we didn't want it to linger as a reminder if the pregnancy failed. She picked the push chair she wanted and we said we would order it for her this month. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the pram to her and she asked if her nan had spoken to us about it. I said no and asked what she meant. She then said that she had been shopping with her nan and had found another pram she wanted. This pram was almost exactly the same but was 500 British pounds more than the one she told us she wanted from us. I told her that we couldn't afford to spend that much on the pram and she said that her nan and granddad are putting 100 pounds and the nan on the father's side is putting 100 pounds towards it and she wanted us to pay the rest. I spoke to my husband following this conversation with her and he said we can't afford it and said he thought we were buying it outright and not just contributing. We've now told her that we're not buying that pram for her, as we can't afford the amount she wants us to pay, and that the original plan was for us to buy the one she originally chose outright and not just contribute to it. Even with £200 towards it, we still can't afford it. She's now called us unreasonable and said we aren't being fair. Am I the jerk? I mean, the bottom line is, if you can't afford it, you can't afford it. You can't conjure up an extra couple hundred pounds if you don't have it. I mean, considering how OP's describing it, it sounds like they might not even have really had the money for the first one, but they were willing to scrounge to afford it. Just a few more months and this can go on r slash entitled parents. This next story is, am I the jerk for expecting my girlfriend to support me while I'm unemployed? I lost my job four months ago, and EI doesn't cover my full living expenses. I had to buy a car since mine had 330,000 kilometers on it, and the engine issue was worth fixing. After that, I had a couple thousand saved, and that has been completely wiped out, and now I'm not able to cover all my expenses. I asked my girlfriend to help cover my expenses, and she's refused because I didn't propose before this. 
We'd been dating for three years and moved in for two. She had told me three dates in, she expected me to be engaged in about two years of dating and is very unhappy with me because I didn't propose. I'm sure she is the one, I'm just still hesitant about marriage and she's told me she's trying to get over the fact she wasted three years with me. I told her to give me some time and she has thankfully not pushed it. This was shortly before my work announced they were cutting people and I was let go. Now she says I'm expecting too much from her since I'm not ready for marriage but I'm expecting her to help me with rent. We've been dating for three years, doesn't that count for something? If it was in a year, I understand if it was too early, but we've been together for a long time. But she told me it was meaningless because I haven't proposed and she refuses to help me as I could just decide I don't want marriage and bail at any time. I could have bailed at any time while dating and still can bail after we get engaged, but I didn't and I won't. We've been serious for a long time. Why is the ring and marriage all that matters? I've told her since she won't help, it's shown me she isn't serious too. And she told me it's fine, we can just end the lease and I can go back to live with my family if I can't afford rent here. I'm getting interview requests back and did an interview already, although I didn't get it. It's crazy to me that she would waste three years over covering a bit more rent and groceries. I mean, if anything, she's been consistent and forward with her expectations and desires, and OP's the one that continues to try to get them to linger around and kind of go against what they were saying they wanted. I mean, I kind of get it. At three years and when you've been living together for two years, I feel like if you're not comfortable enough with the idea of settling down at that point, then I think your partner has a reason to feel concerned that maybe this won't work out long term. After three years together and two years living together, if you can't commit to them, I can honestly understand why they wouldn't want to empty their bank account beyond what they're just required to do for their living situation to save you. This next story is, am I the jerk making my stepdaughter leave the restaurant for disrespecting the waiter? I, 42-year-old male, was dining with my wife and kids yesterday. It included Haley, 16-year-old female, who's my stepdaughter. We've picked a relatively expensive restaurant as we thought it would be better to do things properly as we were going out together for the first time in a while. During dinner, while the waiter was serving one of the dishes, he accidentally tripped or something. I think he might have lost his grip, I'm not sure but some of it fell onto Haley's clothes, ruining it. He apologized immediately, but she got livid at him. She proceeded to call him an idiot, saying, Why are you a god dang waiter if you can't even watch where you're going? You are already paid low, so I'd have thought you'd be more careful. She was shouting and almost everyone was looking at us now. I was shocked and asked her to apologize for that. She refused by saying she doesn't have to, as he had ruined her dress. I asked her to apologize repeatedly, but she didn't listen. In the end, I told her that I might not be able to force her to apologize, but that I can definitely refuse to pay for her. I asked her to get out of the restaurant. She began screaming and protested. I did not relent. And the end result is that she had to leave. My wife lashed out at me, saying that I overreacted, and that although what she said might have been wrong, it did not warrant asking her to leave. Am I the jerk? Personally, I can't blame OP. Listen, I understand her being upset, but that doesn't excuse her going out of her way to try to put this person down and make them feel bad saying, oh, you're already paid low enough as it is, just ripping this guy to shreds over an accident. I mean, what OP is doing is kind of just classic parenting. If you can't control your kid, remove them from the situation for the sake of everybody else there. I'm still lobbying for parents to be supplied with parachutes who have crying babies on airplanes. There's a reason I'm not a politician. 
Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my husband that he cannot eat that food? I, 32-year-old female, and my husband, 38-year-old male, have been married for 10 years. For the context, I lived in a family so poor that we often lacked the most basic things, like food, and I've had after effects, like Joey and friends, Alice doesn't share food. My husband thinks that food should be shared and most of the time, I manage to control myself to agree with him. The problem being that I'm like a little squirrel and I like to put the things I like aside so that they're still there when I want to eat them, even if it's a month later. He, for his part, eats whatever he likes almost at once. And generally when I come home thinking of eating the thing I'd put aside, he has, of course, already devoured it. What follows next? An argument over always the same reason. I had put it aside and I really wanted to eat it. I don't think it's fair to always be frustrated at the moment when I'm looking forward to eating because you didn't know how to control yourself and leave me some. Last time was when I bought some duck mousse that I thought I would eat with Morissette's with our daughter when I didn't feel like cooking. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. My husband took out the duck moose to eat when I kindly told him that it wasn't for him because I was leaving it aside for later but that in return I'd bought him some cheese and cold meats. He of course immediately got angry, accusing me of appropriating the food and that it wasn't a tragedy if he ate it now and he could have bought more. I had just come back from shopping groceries. So, am I the jerk? I don't think Opie's the jerk here. I think it's more than fair, even in a two-person partnership or in a whole family unit, that you buy foods or things specifically meant for you that you were going to have at a certain time. At what point do you experience this enough before the next time you buy duck mousse or whatever, or you buy a treat that was meant for yourself, you buy two of them just because you know that he's going to eat one eventually? I guess the problem there is, what if he has both of them before you can finally get to eating the one you want? Honestly, if that happened, I would go and buy like five of them the next time and just have like the fridge filled with them. If they get upset about you having bought so many, you can tell them that they're finally feeling the frustration that you feel when you had to go and buy five of them to have one. Our next story is, am I the jerk for dividing my time between all of my kids? I have three kids, Harlow, 14, Alec, 9, and Max, 4. This is about Harlow. Harlow is from a previous marriage. She is her dad's only child so she is the center of his world and gets his undivided attention and he spoils her. The problem is that now she expects me to do the same as her dad while it's really not possible for me. You see, I have two other kids who also need my attention. Last week when she was here, she was talking to me about something that happened at school. I was busy making dinner and helping Alex study, so I got distracted and didn't listen to some of her story. Apparently she asked me a question. And when I didn't answer, she started screaming at me. I got mad at her and we got into a fight. She threatened that she'll stay with her dad from now on if I keep being like this. And I got angry and told her that with this attitude, maybe it's better if she does that. She went to her room crying and I got many texts from her dad calling me all kinds of names. I definitely think the most important thing is 
Although I imagine it's difficult with multiple kids and how much time you actually have free, that you have to try and figure out a way to have enough one-on-one time between you and each of the kids. I mean, if they're upset that you're not just giving them your full, undivided attention 24-7, I understand where OP's coming from. If it's just they feel like they're getting lost in the mix and not getting any kind of one-on-one time with OP, I think it's room for improvement. I think the real issue here is how OP handled the situation. They're still just a kid. They're going through some rough years at 14. You don't have to be argumentative like that with a 14-year-old and tell them, maybe it is better if you go and stay with your dad. I mean, if you're acting like that, do you even want to salvage a relationship? This next story is, am I the jerk for telling my infertile in-laws that their dog is not equal to a child? Two years ago, my husband, 34-year-old male, and I, 33-year-old female, became pregnant. This was huge for us, as we both have always been really passionate about becoming parents. Before we could tell anyone, my husband's brother, 35-year-old male, and his wife, 38-year-old female, told the family that they've been trying to conceive, but found out they couldn't. Apparently, my sister-in-law feared this due to past medical problems, but now it was confirmed by doctors. They were devastated and we were heartbroken for them. My husband and I decided to hold off on announcing. We waited three months, but then I was starting to show, and we had no choice. A week after we announced, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law adopted a dog named Bella. Immediately, she was all they talked about, and they refused to go anywhere without her. We used to be close, but this has ruined our relationships with them. My husband and his brother don't hang out anymore because my brother-in-law is so obsessed with Bella that he's hard to talk to. Brother-in-law's lost friends over this obsession, and sister-in-law has quit her job so she doesn't have to spend any time away from the dog. We even stopped our weekly family dinners because Bella barks non-stop, pulls food off the table, bites, etc. She's a nightmare. Plus, my husband is allergic and can't be around her for longer than an hour anyway. Brother-in-law and sister-in-law call Bella the first grandchild, or the first last name, girl. There hasn't been a girl born into the family in five generations, which bothers me because my daughter is those things, not the dog. They think my daughter and their dog should be treated equally and get upset when they're not. Even when I gave birth and people were reaching out to check on me and my daughter, They sulked and made a long post on Facebook saying they were hurt no one had done the same for them when they adopted their dog. I've been biting my tongue about it for over a year because I know that they are coping with an extremely painful situation, but this week I finally snapped. Recently a relative invited us and baby to their wedding, but told my in-laws explicitly not to bring Bella. On Sunday, as my husband and I were just about to leave his parents' house, I heard brother-in-law say that if his dog wasn't invited, then my daughter shouldn't be either. Why should they get to bring her if we can't bring Bella? They say things like that all the time, but this time I finally snapped and said, because Bella is a dog and my daughter is an actual human baby, my child and your pet are not the same. We left, but later my brother-in-law called my husband to say that I'd really hurt them and made my sister-in-law cry. My husband says that I shouldn't have said anything and should take it back. I know their dog is like their child, and I don't mean to be cruel or insensitive, but I am also so tired of hearing them compare my daughter to a dog, and I don't want her to grow up around people who think she is equal to a poorly behaved animal. Am I the jerk? 
I'm right there with people treating their dogs and believing their dogs to be their own children, but you also have to have a sense of realism and you can't actually expect other people to treat your dog or remotely think of your dog as equal to a human being. All these things that they're apparently moping around about like you didn't reach out and celebrate when we adopted our dog. I mean, do people really do that in general? Have they ever seen other people do that? What are most people going to say? You kind of have to engage them and show them pictures of your dog and what are they going to say? Oh, that's a cute puppy? Are they really expecting all these people to say, Oh, your dog Bella is the first prodigal girl grandchild of the family in five generations? I get it, they are coping heavy with their situation, but it lacks all awareness, right? Our next story is, am I the jerk for telling my little sister I always thought her boyfriend would end up with our older sister? Basically I, female 27, have two sisters who I'll call Bianca, female 29, and Julia, female 26. Julia is dating to Christopher, male 30. This is super cliche, but we've known Chris since we were kids. He used to be best friends with Bianca, but they lost contact when he graduated, a year ahead of her, and moved. Julia ended up meeting up with him via Instagram earlier this year, and they're dating now. This weekend, we, me, my girlfriend, Julia, Bianca, Chris, and Bianca's new boyfriend, were all hanging out just drinking and talking, and Bianca and Chris started talking about crap they got up to as kids. My girlfriend joked that it was like Little Women because she's a nerd, the Joe Amy Laurie thing I guess, and I said that I always thought Chris and Bianca would end up together. Chris made some joke like, nah, she's too good for me, and we moved on. However, Julia was quiet the rest of the night, and now is mad at me. She asked me before she left why I'd say that, and she looked like she was going to cry. Bianca says she isn't getting involved. I don't know if I should apologize. It was honestly just a joke. Our mom even used to tease them about being so close and said it was like a Taylor Swift song or something. But I don't know. Am I the jerk? I mean, I can understand why a comment like that would land weird. I mean, it's just, is that a value added to the experience type comment? Probably not. I think the biggest issue here though is Chris, when you said that comment, did not help you out. When they said, nah, she's too good for me, that's what I think really created that platform for Bianca to feel uncomfortable. But I do think in general, it was a weird comment, and when you're in the situation where you're in front of that person and their current partner, it's probably for the best to leave any comments out about how you thought they were going to get with somebody else in the past in those situations. Our next story is, am I the jerk for ordering burgers when my wife said she didn't want burgers and told me she didn't want anything? Me and my wife were trying to order food together on Uber Eats because we had some credits on it running out today and we had to use them. And I gave her my phone to decide what she wanted. I suggested that we get burgers since they were buy one get one free and it could stretch our credits a little further. But she said she didn't want burgers. I told her it was fine and for her to choose where she wanted to eat from and I'll order from the same place too. After she scrolled through the list of restaurants, she told me she couldn't choose, got frustrated and said she didn't want anything and told me to order for myself and stormed off into the bedroom. I went in after her to ask her if she really didn't want anything and to ask her what was wrong a couple of times. And she repeated that she didn't want anything, to order for myself, and to leave her alone. I proceeded to order some food, enough for the both of us from the burger restaurants, buy one get one free. After I went to go pick up the food, she told me that I was a jerk for not thinking about her and that I only care about myself, which is why I ordered from the burger restaurant. Am I the jerk here? 
Oh, you see, I thought while OP's wife was looking at the Uber Eats menu, they had gotten a text from their friend, and it would have said something about how they thought OP was always going to have gotten with their wife's older sister initially. In all seriousness, this kind of behavior I loathe and I don't play around with. Clearly, there's way more going on than just the Uber Eats menu or whatever. Maybe for some reason they feel like a jerk because if they want anything else, it's going against what you wanted when you said you wanted burgers. In a situation like this, if a partner blows up, says, I don't want anything and storms off to the bedroom, I'd try to comfort them. I would try to be there for them and be like, what's wrong? Let's work this out. But at some point, if they tune you out, you still got to use the credits, right? Our next story is, am I the jerk for not letting my husband shower when he wants? Mostly stay-at-home mom of two kids here ages one and three. I work two days a week at most, usually only one. Most of the time I'm home with them. My husband is a blue collar worker in construction. He works long days, his job is pretty physical, and he works really hard. He gets up at 5 a.m. and gets home by 6.30. My days are usually around the same, give or take an extra hour in the morning. Every single day when my husband gets home, he wants to go to the bathroom and take a shower the second he gets in the driveway. This would be one thing if he was quick, but he takes at least 25 minutes on the toilet and 25 minute showers and I cannot start dinner with the kids hanging off my legs. They just scream and cry every single time. I've started to ask him to wait until they go to bed, given I really only have a two hour window to get dinner ready, eat, clean up the dishes, clean up their chairs, get them ready for bed, get them baths, etc. He complied at first, but he's now telling me it's very unfair to ask him to sit in dirty clothes and be a sweaty mess for two hours until they get to bed. Which I understand. It's uncomfortable, but you know, I've just been alone with the kids for 13 hours straight. Every day. I have stuff I still need to get done too. My kids are in their tantrum phase as well, which has been really hard. He got really snippy with me today and said I was being incredibly selfish when I asked him to wait. I said I felt he was being selfish by running to the bathroom for almost an hour every time he gets home when he knows I have stuff to get done too. So am I the jerk here or is he? I mean, I kind of get both sides because if he's coming home from a construction job, he is going to be a mess, right? He's most likely been sweating all day. God forbid you live in a climate that's especially hot or humid. I think the issue is taking an hour, 50 minutes to an hour every single time. To me, 25 minutes on the toilet isn't 25 minutes on the toilet. It's maybe three minutes on the toilet and 22 minutes of looking at their phone. So I understand why OP would want them to be a little bit more breezy and help out so they can do the rest of their daily routine. This next story is, am I the jerk for not allowing my daughter to wear her late mother's wedding dress since she will not fit into it? My late wife was a very small person. When we got married, she was only 115 pounds. So her wedding dress size reflects that. She passed away two years ago, so she cannot attend our daughter's wedding that will be in 2025. Now, my daughter wants to wear the dress, and I told her it wouldn't be a good idea since she won't be able to squeeze into it. She told me she can just up the size of it, and I told her I would think about it. I looked into it and they basically cut the dress up to size it up. I informed her no, she can't wear the dress since they would be cutting it up. This resulted in a huge argument about me gatekeeping my wife's things. I told her no again and that she can wear some of her jewelry. She hung up. She clearly thinks I'm a jerk and my sons are now on me to give up the dress. Am I the jerk? 
Since it was asked twice, my wife always wanted to go dress shopping with our daughters. She loved her wedding dress and I don't think she would be okay with it being cut up. I also have a younger daughter since that was asked. Also, I'm confused why a lot of comments mention my youngest is super skinny like my wife. I never said that. She won't fit into the dress either, more due to the fact that she's almost 6 feet. While maybe they could make an argument about you gatekeeping some of her stuff, I think the wedding dress that you married her in is one of those things that you should feel entitled to being able to just hold on to, if you so desire to. Especially if you have a strong belief that she wouldn't enjoy it being cut up. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely tricky am I the jerk here story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.